Welcome everyone to the Sacred Hockey Mask. I am Peter and joining me as always is Lady Sasha coming to you live and direct from sunny Orlando, Florida. And this is a horror movie podcast. We get together, we watch the horror movie and we talk about it. It's quite that simple. Now this episode is actually uh, a vote winner every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, a certain tier, our patrons vote amongst a bunch of new release movies uh, for us to cover, and the winner of the vote for this month was Blood Red Sky, uh, which is a straight-to-Netflix movie. Um, uh, also, patrons should look out for the runner-up, which will be the bonus episode for the month. That'll be coming later in the month, so look forward to that. Uh, but, yeah, Blood Red Sky is what we'll be talking about. We'll be starting spoiler-free. It is a very simple premise. I'll basically say, think Air Force One, but instead of the main character being the president, the main character turns out to be a vampire. <laughs> that that's that's the preface of Blood Red Sky, <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. Uh, so we all start spoiler free, like I say, as always. I will give you a warning before we get to spoilers. I will go for it. So the the premise of the film, just to expand upon it a little bit more, is that this woman with her son, who's like I don't know, seven, six, seven, maybe eight, a push, I don't know, whatever age is. He might be about nine. Nine? He looks like he's a nine-year-old. Yeah. yeah, maybe he's nine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you have to say it, he is a bit more capable than maybe I'm giving him credit for. But mm-hmm. uh, she's traveling with him in a transatlantic flight from Germany to New York. And there's a hint that it's for a medical reason, but we don't really know for sure. But they do point out that because of the direction they're flying in and because of the times they're flying to and from, it'll mm-hmm. actually be night the entire time and it'll still be night when they get there because of the time zone differences and stuff. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. It's like she's running from the sun. She's actually mm-hmm. out flying in the sun. That's kind of fun. Uh, her name is Nadja, which made me cackle with laughter because the, the, the female character on What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show, is also <laughs> called Nadja. So mm-hmm. I was like, where's Laszlo? Where's <laughs> and Nandor? That's a great, that is a great show, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's I great. That show. I, I've been rewatching it. I've been gearing up for season three. I've been rewatching this. It's so, so good. Um, but she's on this flight. Of course, there's some terrorists. Uh, it's a mix of a cast, though, because I, I went into this thinking it was just a German movie. And there is a decent amount of it in German, but there's just as much, if not more, in English. Uh, and one of the main terrorists is uh, Dominic Purcell from uh, Legends Blade of Tomorrow. 3. Blade 3 is in <laughs> as yeah. well. It was also a vampire movie, so that's a good one to mention, I suppose. Uh, most people might know him from Prison Break. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's in there, and... They take over the plane, uh, for reasons we'll get to in spoilers, but they, they take over the plane. Um, and of course, what they don't know is that this this woman is actually a vampire, and eventually that is going to completely mess with all their plans. So I, I will leave that as it is. Uh, but of course, unlike other vampires, because obviously every movie, every TV show, every book, whatever it is, everything has their own rules for the vampires. So clearly, this woman still cares about her son. She's not a soulless monster who doesn't care about her son. Uh, there's there's maybe an implication that if she doesn't keep taking medication that she's taking, that maybe she'll turn into a soulless monster. But she does still love her son and wants to take care of her son and all those things. So I think that's important to get get out there as well. So that that's kind of your emotional hook for the film is her wanting to like protect her son uh, on top of everything else. Uh, plus, we're introduced to a few other characters in the play, which we'll get to later. So. Uh, Shasha, what did you think of Blood Red Sky? I actually went into this blind because I didn't watch the trailer. I happened to see the poster for it on Twitter. 
and I loved the the poster artwork of a woman and her son sitting on a plane and you just see like this vampire face in the window of the plane. So that compelled me enough to watch it. I I really like that um, Netflix has been reaching out and expanding their their international movies. And this is actually, I, I believe, is a co-production between the UK, Germany, and France. I, I want to say those are the three countries that it was a co-production. Uh, well, part, part, part of it is set in the UK. There's a lot of it. Yes. Uh, there's a bookend that's set in Scotland, of all places. So I, I was not expecting mm-hmm. so many Scottish accents when I, when I started watching my German vampire on a plane movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure enough, there they were. I, although, just on that poster, it didn't occur to me until you said it, but... I mean, I, I get that it's just symbolic because it's like showing you she's really a vampire, right? And the mm-hmm. reflection. But I mean, vampires traditionally, we don't, you know, reflections aren't typically something they. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> they, they really have. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just throwing that out there. There's uh, a whole bit in I don't know if you've ever seen Blackula, but there's a whole bit where Blackula has turned somebody. This is in the old 1970s movie. And the person oh, I, is highly, I've highly seen, upset. I've not seen it, but trust me, I've heard of Blackula. <laughs> oh, you have to, you have to watch it. But there's the person that he's turned to a vampire. He's telling him, "Oh, we're going to a party," and the person becomes highly upset because they can't see themselves in the mirror to see if their outfit looks nice for the party. <laughs> so they're mad at Blackula, and there's just this whole scene where it's like, "Oh man, I can't see myself in the mirror. Well, how do I look?" <laughs> Yeah, the joke on Buffy was always, how does Angel shave? <laughs> like, how, yeah. how does he do that without a mirror? Uh, it's quite daunting. But, uh, yeah. what do you think of the movie? What, did you like it? That's, that's I, the, I the thought question. it was fun. There were some parts, like, there's some parts that are kind of goofy. But for a, a Saturday, I think I watched it on Saturday night. Yeah, for a Saturday night movie, I thought it was a lot of fun, especially since it kind of um, went back and forth between being an action thriller, like uh, high, high, you know, plane hijacking, action thriller to horror and it, it kind of went back and forth beautifully there's some characters that i mean i i think they're meant to be annoying but i had a lot of fun watching it i think i probably give it more credit because i saw it on netflix if i paid to, if i paid to see it in a movie theater maybe i would not have as high an opinion but for streaming i think it's it was pretty good yeah, I'm I, I'm frustrated by this movie, so I, I guess I'm a bit more negative than than you are. I, I I feel like I love the premise, and I think there's points where they kind of hit on what the premise should be, but I the the two big problems I had coming out of this was one, it takes itself far too seriously, and the other problem being is that it's far too long. This movie is two hours long, and when I, I checked the time, thinking okay, we must be kind of like getting into the the back chunk of the movie and I checked how much was left I was halfway through the movie there was an hour left I was like, how is there an hour left of this movie at this point that, that should be like you know ramping up for the last 20 minutes is what I felt like I was getting to and it, it just kept going um, there's flashbacks to like how she became a vampire and like some time after that that I thought could all just be gone like I didn't think I got mm-hmm. anything out of those just cut them cut them they're useless um it's what's funny is that one of the one of the villains, one of the terrorists, is this really over the top psychopath, and I kind of felt like if the movie was more like some because he feels out of place. This movie feels like it's taking itself too seriously for him, his character. I feel like if the movie matched his character in terms of its tone, and that it was maybe a bit more, just a bit more fun and less like yeah, campy. 
Yeah, because because it, it it really takes itself seriously to the point where it's this sad drama about the the mother like being scared for her son and what will happen if she lets herself come to the darkness and become a vampire, and there's a point where I'm just like, oh my god, give me something to like about her, please. She she's like, it's it's kind of funny because you know we 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 talked about Quiet Place two in the last episode that we recorded and we we said you know, one of the complaints that you brought up was that you know being a mother is not like the only characteristic you can have you need more than that that's not like that's mm-hmm. not an entire personality but that's really all we have of this woman is that mm-hmm. she's a mother and she's a vampire and i also uh, noted <laughs> how oddly she was acting in the airport i'm sorry but tsa would have stopped her <laughs> she's just acting so weird and 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 um what's the word i'm looking for suspicious they would have stopped her for acting suspicious in the airport she was very being very twitchy. I also didn't mm-hmm. realize they'd let a kid just bring a basketball onto a plate. He's just bouncing it in the terminal. Mm-hmm. It, but I noticed. I, I assume it was intentional because I, I assume it's just all paid extras in the background. But there's a guy over at the window in the shot where the kid just starts bouncing the ball, and they're, they're just at the waiting seats in the terminal. And this mm-hmm. guy turns around like, "What the hell? Why is there someone bouncing <laughs> a ball? It's the term. It's the airport terminal. Stop this right now. Quiet. Quiet. This is, this is quiet time, child. Quiet down." Um, but. Um, it also they do the thing that a lot of TV shows and movies do it as well, but a lot of TV episodes do this when they want to like stir up some drama, like, mm-hmm. like via a shortcut. Is they do the thing where they show you part of the ending at the start and then go, but let's go all the way back to the start of the story and we'll see mm-hmm. how we got there at the end. And I'm like, you didn't need any of that at the start. It was just no. It was like, and all it does is extend it because. It, by its nature, because you're trying to keep it secret what actually happened on the plane, because the opening is the plane landing at this RAF base in Scotland, and you've got all these military personnel and like sort of like discussing what to do and try to see what's happened on the plane. And we know it's a vampire movie, but they don't know that, so they're all like, "Oh, what's happened?" So it's all mysterious. Something's going on the plane. No one's talking to us. And, and it, it takes it takes the strength out of the will she go full vamp and kill her son because at the very beginning you know he survives, so there's no. You, you don't feel the danger in that mm. because you know that he survives. If they didn't show that at the beginning, then you might feel, oh, is she going to, you know, do something to him? Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of, like, takes... Especially by this movie's own logic. Now, I don't think it really makes me care about the kid all that much. I think the characters are kind of bland, and it's maybe the biggest problem the movie has. But from the movie's perspective, it's hinging its drama on this mother-son like bond and like wanting to protect him so by the movie's own logic the thing we're supposed to care about the most is the son and if he survives but we know he survives <laughs> so, yeah so it kind of it takes it takes pardon the pun it takes the bite out of the main like <laughs> driving force of the movie in many ways so that's kind of weird there, there is like one friendly character who the son befriends who kind of factors into to things a little bit he becomes kind of a uh a protector as well in many ways uh so Fareed, he, I remember it. Fareed, yeah. Because he, I say his name so many times. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember that one. And, you know, introduces a few other characters in the plane. There's, there's like the one asshole, like rich guy. Uh, there's um, like an old couple who are always complaining. And there's, you know, then of course you have the terrorists. So you, you've got a mix of characters and you've got the, the, the thing. And there's, there's definitely points where it kind of hits the, the carnage in, in, on the plane that I was hoping for. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of like lulls in between, and sometimes it could just do with being a bit more fun. And uh, there's, there's a clash of tones because, like I say, there's that one psychotic sort of villain 
who's very maniacal and just seems to be unhinged. He's almost like he's trying to do like a, not quite the Joker, but he's he's not like a, a million steps away from a Joker-esque character. He, if it was the 80s, he would be played by Rutger Hauer. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with that actor. Of course I'm, of course I'm, how dare you? Yes, I'm familiar <laughs> with Rutger Hauer. But yeah, that's what they needed. They needed Rutger Hauer level of evil. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that. Uh, so that that's yeah, you know, that's basically it. So unfortunately, uh, I I felt that this is a problem I get with a lot of streaming TV shows. Actually, is that I feel the pacing is just terrible because they don't they don't think they have to try because because it's a streaming movie because it's constrained to a streaming service they don't feel they have to like cut it down as much as it should be tight. There's almost. <sighs> They're almost they've got too much freedom because they're just like oh well, we don't have to like trim this down so it's paced correctly we can just have it can be completely mm-hmm. uncut uh and not because and i don't mean uncut in a way or oh, it was too violent so they cut no i mean they don't have to trim scenes to make the pacing better they don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it everything feeling like it's prolonged and drawn out but i really felt it especially once because I, I was kind of into the movie at first i was like, okay i'm into what you're setting up i like the the build-up to stuff going down on the plane but once we got to the point in the plane where things had started going off, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to maybe have like 30 more minutes of like carnage and then be mm-hmm. over. And there was like over an hour left. <laughs> and and was... they kept on bringing the action to a complete stop. And then starting up again. Either, yeah, yeah. yeah to either have her have a scene with her son or to do the flashback to how she became a vampire, which, I mean, when we get into spoilers, I, there's just something glaringly stupid about that whole thing. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and then of course at the end you have to like pay off the opening like bookend mm-hmm. sequence, and that has to have its own climax. So it, it it just feels like it goes on far too long for its for its premise. But you know, so I, I I'm a bit more lukewarm on on the on the movie. I really wanted to like it, but sadly at the end of it, I'm I'm going to say something I've said about several movies uh, that have went straight to Netflix or Netflix originals or whatever you want to call them, but. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. It has all it's... the it has the problems of a Netflix movie and therefore I'm eh on it. It's not as bad as the open house. That's probably the worst <laughs> Netflix movie I've seen. Although the uh... sound design was so good, but nothing happens. <laughs> and it was just a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah, Open House was really bad. We reviewed that one. That was yeah, trash. Yeah, that's yeah, I've so much money on the screen. They had all the right lighting and camera, and they had, you know, everything they needed to make a good movie, and then they just didn't. That may have been one where they made it, realized they had a turkey, and then Netflix bought it for cheap. I think that, I don't mm, think Netflix made be. that necessarily. I think that was like, oh, we have to unload this. Netflix will buy it. They'll buy any mm-hmm. old shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, I just, I don't think this is anywhere nearly as fun. And I'm not saying you can have a serious version of this. You totally can, but... The problem with the seriousness is is that if you don't nail the actual drama and make me care about the characters, then all of it's going to fall flat. And sadly, I think this does kind of fall flat by the end. Uh, it's a shame. Especially when it... Because the reason the terrorists are doing what they're doing, which we'll get to in spoilers, is actually kind of interesting and in a really kind of cold way that's unique, I think. As, as far as a motive goes for this type of, like, plot, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a unique motive. But... Um, Hey-ho. Uh, that, that's the spoiler three thoughts. So I'll give you the warning now. We're going to spoilers for Blood Red Sky. Um, do you want to start with the flashbacks? Do you want to start with the... Uh, 
because you said you wanted to talk wanted to talk about how she became a vampire so feel free yeah, to yeah I'll, I'll go ahead they we flash back to um not it's nadja or kadja it's nadja um, Na- nadja <laughs> yeah nadja she's in the car with her husband and her child and the car breaks down and he says well i'm gonna go and and get some help now at first this makes sense you're like okay well she's gonna stay in the car with the baby and he's gonna go he- get help until we discover later when he doesn't come back and she decides to take a baby and follow a trail of blood because that's always what you want to do when you have a baby is follow a trail of blood into the basement of an abandoned house but we find out that she's had a cell phone this whole time that she's used <laughs> as a flashlight and i said why did he get out of the car to get help if you had a, a cell phone that you could have just called for help and they didn't even write into the dialogue that oh we don't have you know how they usually do in horror movies yeah no, oh, signal. There's no signal here yeah. they didn't write that in so that that whole part was like what none of this had to happen none of this had to happen yeah you've got that saying there's a scene where she goes home uh mm-hmm. in the flashbacks and she's got a baby and she like grills at the baby but she's like drinking the blood out of the meat packet she's like sucking up whatever blood she can that was unintentionally funny when she turned around and growled at the baby and the baby started screaming i i cracked up so hard at that and i'm sure that was not meant to be funny but it- the way it came <laughs> off it was hilarious <laughs> That is, that's just a that's solid parenting, I think. You just grill at your baby until they shut up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you do, right? <laughs> and, and then she goes back to where she got bit and discovers that... So she actually killed the vampire that bit her because uh, it, like, the sun was rising. I mean, so, so she didn't really kill it, but she because of circumstances it died via the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that that vampire had a dad who's also a vampire, which is weird but okay uh but and he's like no no we have to contain this evil there's no there's no real like stop at it we just have to contain it so he tries to kill her which leads to him being set on fire mm-hmm. <laughs> she steals all of his meds which is what's helping her sort of stay kind of human-esque because uh, we see her hair's falling out you know, you know the uh, farid's character is he assumes that she has leukemia because she's wearing a wig early mm-hmm. on which is kind of you know an obvious sort of natural assumption that one might you know at least think of but um yeah so that, that's basically the, the flashbacks but they just they come in and they're just they're not needed like they're not needed at oh. all i also think farid assumed that because her son told him in the airport that we're flying to america for my mother's treatment mm. and so he assumed her treatment must be for he's here's the child say that she's going for treatment plus she has a wig on yeah and yeah. he puts two and two together and thinks oh it must be cancer or leukemia yeah Although I'm pretty sure Germany probably treats some cancer patients some, yeah. you know, somewhere locally, <laughs> I, I imagine. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, maybe it's a special experimental treatment or something. Who knows? Whatever, right? You can flow with that. Yeah, I had um, a whole discussion uh, with somebody about that with this movie. I said, why would they come to America for cancer treatment? Like, we're good with certain things, but I don't think we're the leaders in cancer treatment. <laughs> I said, we're, we're great with separating conjoined twins. People do come here for that. But um, I was trying to think of other medical things. Even even cosmetic surgery, we're not, you know, at the top anymore for cosmetic well, surgery. I mean, to be fair, she's not traveling for cancer, though. She's traveling because someone, oh, yeah, yeah. S- some, someone thinks they can cure her vampirism. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why she's going to... So, presumably, this is just one nut job like, doctor mm-hmm. who's, who thinks he's figured it out. And that's mm-hmm. who she's going to go see. That's presumably we never find out, of course, because they never get there. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, the movie the movie opens, of course, with a plane coming into this RAF base, RAF base in Scotland, 
Um, and they're all sort of like, okay, what happened? The kid comes climbing out the plane. There's some dialogue to indicate that someone's going to blow up the plane once the kid's clear. Uh, and they try and ask the kid what happened. It does that thing where it like fades into the flashback as they're asking him, which is actually really annoying because it means the flashbacks that we have of her becoming a vampire are flashbacks within flashbacks, mm-hmm. which is the sign of a script that's just a little bit messy. Because, like, I, I, I mean, I know that going back into the story, like, you know, having the bookend where this is where it ends up and going back, and because we fade it into, on the kid's face, it doesn't necessarily mean 100% that this is the kid's memory of what happened. Because there's obviously a lot of things we see in the course of the movie that isn't from his perspective. He wasn't there to see certain things happen with his mom or whatever. But it's still kind of weird <laughs> to go a- another layer by having her have flashbacks within the overall big flashback. It's just a little bit odd. It's all, it's all a bit wonky as a, as, a, as a narrative structure. But anyway... Um. Yes. So the the terrorists take take hold of the plane. It turns out that the one like uh, you know the the one air hostess get or not hostess mm-hmm. air host <laughs> I suppose mm-hmm. would be the more term. Uh, he turns out flight, to be flight attendant. Flight attendant. They call them now. Yes, flight attendant. Yeah. That's that's the mm-hmm. one. Uh, so the flight attendant uh who's a little bit campier. I mean, he seems campier. It turns out he's actually just a psychopath who stabs. He loves stabbing people. He stabs the one guy like repeatedly uh and he just and you think he's going to go and clean himself up before he like pretends to be okay in front of the pastors no he just walks out in front of the entire plane of people but covered in blood and going don't worry everyone everything's fine and i was like okay this guy's like a batman villain <laughs> that's who this guy I, is i enjoyed his character because i did not <laughs> peg him like when they were showing the flight attendants i didn't think that he was going to be one of the the terrorists at all like that that threw me for a loop i like that yeah and then the other big, like, the other employees, the, the co-pilot, turns out to be working with them as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should talk about why they're doing what they're doing. We can talk about that here as a subject, because it's actually kind of interesting. So there's some dialogue that we hear, there's some, like, TV broadcasts at the, at the start talking about how the, the the flight, like, aviation stocks are, like, skyrocketing, everything's, like, super up, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, everything's profiting. They're all, they're all up, up, up. And... Basically, we don't ever we ever find out who, but someone in power is paying off a bunch of these mercenaries and people who work for the airport or the air, yeah the airline mm-hmm. uh, to do this to the plane and make it look like a terrorist attack, so that because basically apparently I don't know if this is true I never looked it up but apparently after nine eleven, uh, stocks for airlines went down, and they basically want to manipulate the market by making something look like a terrorist attack so. They intentionally like lured like the uh, Farid. It turns out was lured onto the plane because he's a scientist, and the conference he was going to was fake. He didn't mm-hmm. know that he was lured on to then be painted as a terrorist just because he happens to be Muslim, and they mm-hmm. sort of make him read something in in Arabic, and you know it's, it's all that. So, but they're they're not they don't have any beliefs. They're just like being paid to enact this so that it'll affect the stock market. I mean. I'm not going to say it's like super exciting, but I at least appreciated it was a little bit different to mm-hmm. to normal. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like, okay, that's a little different, I guess. I, I agree. And I like that the terrorists were American because for so many years we've had yeah. the Russians. I feel bad for the Russians. Like in American <laughs> cinema, like the Russians have been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've, we've had... Um, for a while in the 90s, it was all about the uh, the IRA, 
and then they, there was a bunch of movies that they put the IRA in it. Um, and then more recently, it's been like Middle Eastern people being painted as the terrorists in movies. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting to finally have Americans be the terrorists. It does. I mean, that's actually one of the, the smart things about the movie, just on a premise mm-hmm. level, is that. Yeah, so one you've got Americans. For, I mean, for the I, mean, I think they're mixed. There's, there's a couple of them I think are from different places, but the main one, mm-hmm. Dominic Purcell, is obviously American, mm-hmm. uh, and he's the leader of them. Uh, who doesn't survive? I mean, obviously he's not the main villain because the one who's mm-hmm. psychotic is the one who survives and becomes the main villain. But Dominic mm-hmm. Purcell is the leader, and he's there for the first like half of the movie. But you've got the idea that Americans and the motivation being money. So the idea that the villains are people, just rich Americans, is kind of interesting because it's a bit maybe a bit more tied to our times in terms mm-hmm. of like perception. But also, just the idea that the vampire is the hero in this movie, mm-hmm. and yes. the villains are a bunch of humans. Now, not for the whole film, of course, because eventually Crazy Man intentionally extracts some of her blood and gives it to himself, so he becomes a vampire. And then we have vampire carnage all over the place. Yes. But, you know, to begin with, though, because they think they've killed her, you know, she gets up at one point to chase after her kid, and the crazy guy shoots her. And they think, oh, well, she's dead. And then, of course, she wakes up. Of course, she has a flashback first. Stupid mm-hmm. flashbacks. But <laughs> she gets up, and then she goes into the into the, the cargo hold, and she starts to, like, you know, resuscitate. Well, not resuscitate, but, like, get, get stronger, you know, strengthen herself back up. Uh, she ends up killing one of the terrorists down there. And I started laughing, because I'm like, this is actually kind of like Air Force One. She just happens to be a vampire instead of the president. Because, you know, because the concept in Air Force One, or even Die Hard, it's always that, the bad guys, at least for a certain amount of time, don't know there's someone on the in the location that's like fighting back. Mm-hmm. So that's a really fun idea. I think it kind of throws it away at a certain point because it wants to do the whole thing where okay, now the bad guys start becoming vampires, and it's more she's the one good vampire who's trying to stay human because she's got a reason to. She's got her son. She wants to try and stay a, stay a vampire, but the, the the terrorist is just like, nah, this is how I'm going to survive. <laughs> so <laughs> and. Clearly, the money thing, the thematically, that runs through it, because you've got the rich asshole who's kind of sexist in uh, first class, who then later in the film, when he gets injured, just kind of when things are going down, he's begging like the one doctor on board to help him, and he's like, hey, I'll pay you, I'll pay you to save me, like, I'll pay you a million dollars to save me. And she's like, your money won't help you. I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you're hitting the, the messaging, the themes here a little hard about the, you know, about the one percenters and the money and capitalism and all the rest of it. Uh, I like the message, but you're you're being a bit too on the nose. But it goes one step further because they've actually trapped the the evil vampires in part of the the, the plane at this point, and he realizing that he's going to die decides to let the the vampires out because he wants to become a vampire because it's the only way he'll survive mm-hmm. is to become a vampire. And of course, he gets his comeuppance because the the vampire doesn't bite him. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he, he just gets hit, so he's screwed anyway. So. He gets his comeuppance, but this idea that when he's at the end of his rope, he will happily put everyone else on the plane in danger for his own survival. Mm-hmm. It just kind of speaks to the themes that the movie's playing with, and I appreciate that there's, the movie is trying to say something. I just wish the characters weren't so goddamn bland, and the, the movie wasn't so dry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, that's and, my, you know. And the son character, his his only major characteristic is that he doesn't listen and he's pretty much unruly <laughs> but at the end of the day him being not listening and being unruly saved him <laughs> it's like it, you being a bad child actually saved you <laughs> they, they tried to do that thing where he's a smart kid because he, he knows the planes turn around and he, he explains mm-hmm. the time zone stuff 
and at the end, of course, you know, he he's the one who knows what's really going on in the plane, so he has to sort of like break free and set off the explosives. Um, yeah, they they try they try to do something with him, but he he's never he never becomes that likable. He never becomes no, not at all. He's never likable. <laughs> and it's not so much that he's especially annoying either. He's just kind of plain. He's just a very oh, I... plain character. <laughs> I went on Twitter and it was nothing but hate tweets about that kid. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> if you look up, uh, his name was Elias. And if you put in hashtag blood red sky alias and everyone's just like, I hate that kid. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> it's like, if he just listened, if he just sat still, if he just, yeah, it was a lot of tweets about Elias. <laughs> I, I would, um, I would say his name's just Elias, but I think, yeah, in Germany. They, yeah, they, they, yeah, they kept on saying Elias. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because here we would say, Elias also. Yeah, I, I think that was just the pronunciation in German. It was probably just mm-hmm. Elias. Elias! Because it, Freud keeps keep shouting it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing with the, the, the main character is that once she actually does bite someone and it kind of, because you get the impression that she's been resisting actually just feeding off a person for such a mm-hmm. long time that she's kind of weak and that's why she's so weak. But when she actually finally just lets herself unleash and kind of bites someone and like sucks their blood, she gets quite strong. But from that mm-hmm. point on, she goes kind of all Nosferatu, the wig comes off. From that point on, she isn't really, like, she can't really emote as much. She's mostly just, like, standing there as a monster. And, she, and she's, she's kind of, like, hunched over like this yeah. a lot of the time. Which I think they were, were like you said, Nosferatu is a very Count Orlock of her to be hunched over like this. Although I did like the creature design of her, the, the way her eyes looked. They, hmm. how they added the ears the teeth kind of remind me of 30 days a night but i did i didn't mind it but they should have used when they do that type of um um makeup they have to use separate appliances so that the character can or the actor can still emote and if they use just one appliance one mask then that's what makes it so that she can't move her face and emote properly yeah yeah for sure uh and I think she spends so much of the movie in this monstrous state, and she's still kind of like, like she's still obviously acting good and not attacking the good people. There's a couple of times in the back half where she becomes a bit like it's almost like she's going to go over the edge and she's going to just be, mm-hmm. succumb to the complete monster side, and she kind of holds it back. But for the most part, she's still kind of on the side of the good characters, but she's still standing there just kind of being monstrous. So there's not really a whole lot of uh, range. There's not a whole lot of like sort of conversation to have with her. Um. I do kind of like the idea that the the guy, the, co- the the co-pilot who turned out to be one of the terrorists, I do like that eventually when shit gets really bad and a lot of them have become vampires, that he ends up getting back into the cockpit and agrees to help, like, try and just land everyone safely because at this point it's like, we just want to survive. But, you know, now it's not about the money or, or anything. Um, and there's, there's, like, the slimmest of, like, through lines to show you that he's a dick. Because there's, there's a little line early on before we know that he's a bad guy where the, uh, the flight attendant, you know, the, the, the woman is like, mm-hmm. sort of smiles at him and asks him what he wants to drink. And he's kind of like, doesn't listen to her at first. And it makes sense later that he's kind of nervous because he knows what they're all about to do. But mm-hmm. it's, there's this sort of joke with the other uh, flight attendant where it's like, oh, they're all, you know, they're all kind of gunning for him because he's the cute new co-pilot. And then, of course, he turns out to be a monster and it's whatever. But later on, when he's helping them against, oh, maybe he's having a bit of a redemption arc here. He's maybe doing the right thing ultimately. Uh, although, that said, he can't, can't really be that much of a redemption because they were intended on letting the entire plane full of people die. Like, that was the goal the whole time. So he can't really redeem himself that much. But, there, it, just to confirm that he is an asshole and he deserves to die, there's a moment where they're all banging on the door 
to like get into the the cockpit because the the the, the vampires that are now being created out of the terrorists are just munching their way through everyone and it's this this uh flight attendant who's right at the door she's buying she's begging to be let in the one who had a crush on him and he just like doesn't do it and it's just kind of this moment uh where it's like okay he had a chance to kind of like almost like win a bit of favor back with her by being nice to her and like saving her life but he, he doesn't so it's it's a very thin through line it's just a very thin thing to just to give him like a connection to a character so that we care a little bit when he makes this choice it's you know it, it could be more because i really thought there's a moment when we all got on the plane for the first time and it introduces to the the the, the rich guy who's also scottish funnily enough i don't know why the rich man from scotland is flying from germany to new york but he is um and then it introduces to the old couple and the old guys bickering and obviously we've met Fred. I thought that I thought we were going to get to know, and, it, and then of course the flight attendant. I thought we were going to get to know more of these characters in the same way that we get to know characters in like a, you know, in like a daylight or a, any any movie where you've got like an ensemble who are trapped in a in a plane or a location or a tunnel or a, a train bus. to Busan. Train to Busan, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was expecting it to be more of an even ensemble at that point, or maybe not even, but at the very least, like get to know a bunch of them enough that I. I'd, care a bit more when some of them mm-hmm. die or, or whatever and it kind of never goes full-fledged with that uh which is actually something that i think is a problem with a few of the concepts in the movie there's a, there's a moment sort of like two-thirds through where uh they've got like a uv torch which does hurt the vampires and mm-hmm. there's like uh basically to activate the explosives the kid is, is yeah it's like two-thirds three-quarters through because it's, it's fairly near the end before we get back to the the, the airport uh, or I say the airport, the 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 airfield, more accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the kids like, okay, I'm the only one who can fit through this this gap to get down to the cargo hold. I'm going to go do it. And the mum doesn't want him to, but he sneaks off and does it anyway. And I thought this this really should be made more. This this should be more of a moment. This this should be more of a moment where she has to accept that the only way that he might even survive this is that he has to be the one put in danger to go and like do this thing. Because at this point in the movie, the, the, all all of the good characters that are left are saying we have to blow up this plane because if these thing if this plane lands and it's nighttime and these things get out into the world, like the world's screwed. Like the, these the, these these things are going to spread. Vampires are going to take over the earth. Blah 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 blah. And it's like okay, the kid has to you know squeeze through this thing. He's the only one small enough to do it, and he's going to go and like set up the explosives or get the remote for the explosives, whatever it was. And it's like. And he's, he's and he sneaks down there. He's got his one little flashlight, and he's sneaking around. And he ends up having to hide under the under the car because there's a vampire sneaking around as well. And like this should be a really great sequence where you you can set it up and you can sort of set up the stakes and say, okay, this is your task. This is the task that has to be accomplished. This is you know the the most vulnerable person, but we've seen him be very capable and kind of rebellious. So maybe he's the one guy or the one kid that can pull it off. And you have the mum be worried about him. And for the first time in the movie. She has to accept that she can't be there to protect him, you know, directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really like play it up. He just kind of sneaks off and does it without them really talking about it too much. To the point where I, I wasn't even sure what he was trying to do when he snuck off to do it. I'm like, this is exactly the sort of moment where, in, in a movie like this, make it clear what the goal is, so I know what he's trying to accomplish. So then I can root for that thing to be achieved. I can root for him to make it through and get to the goal, get to that one place that he needs to get to, or get to that one object that he needs to get to. And instead, I felt like it just kind of half-assed it to the point where I just, I never felt that, it, the, I never felt them making a spectacle out. I never felt them making like a set piece out of it. It instead just felt like another scene. And it's, it's one, I don't know, it sounds like a, a nebulous complaint almost, but 
it really is i think what separates some of the best movies that have these sequences i think training busan is a great example you brought that up is that you know, the, the there's that, that set piece in that movie and it's been a while since i watched it so i don't remember all of them but there's a set piece in that movie where they have to sneak through a train carriage that's full of sleeping zombies because in that university sleep right i know not all zombies do but in that movie they do mm-hmm. and it's this set piece where it's like okay the goal's simple we have to get through this car to the next one but we have to go past all these sleeping zombies which means we have to be really quiet it sets up a goal it sets up a rules it sets up that this is how dangerous this is and then we have to watch them do it and it makes mm-hmm. a set piece out of it and i feel like this sequence here could have been this movie one of this movie's set pieces and there's, there's another couple as well that could have been set piece moments that could have really anchored the experience and instead it kind of felt especially in the back half i felt like the movie was kind of i don't know like i, I kind of lost track of the because sometimes i'll go through these movie plots in order but with this one i felt like once all the monsters like once enough of the terrorists became vampires a lot of it just kind of blurs together in my head. I don't mm-hmm. really remember the sequence of events that much once it gets to that point. Yeah. So I think what they what they should have done instead of having that opening sequence showing the little boy getting off there off the uh, plane and Farid in the cockpit, they could have replaced that entire thing with showing. Uh, what made me think of this is because we were talking about Train to Busan and how that mm. movie opened up with the different characters talking. You know about the teenage girl that she has a crush on a, a baseball player. And the other guys are like telling him, hey, I like how they start chanting, accept her, accept her. Like basically saying, she likes you, you should like her back type of thing. Um, and you, you see the the big guy who's going to be in Eternals, I forget that actor's name, that's so happy that his wife is pregnant. And he's excited about being a new father. And in this, the father who gives his daughter the same gift, probably the second or third time in a row because he's so busy with work, he's disconnected from her. All these things, it didn't even take that much time to explore that. Probably but, less than five minutes to establish these things. But they it, could have done that with these characters on this plane. It humanizes and, them all, right, though? Because they, yeah. they all feel like human beings, whereas in this movie, they're all defined by their one trait that they serve the movie. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the only one that goes out of its way to humanize, because people are constantly being racist and making assumptions about him because he's Muslim, is mm-hmm. Farid. Everyone else is just what they are to the movie, which is they are the vampire, they are the son in peril, they are the, the bickering old couple, uh, they mm. are the, the asshole rich guy. And it's not that they don't try to say something with the asshole rich guy, because they do, and I appreciate the themes that the movie's going for, but there's so many, like, it's just, it's all a bit surface level. There's there's very little uh, beyond just, like, you know, give us characters who have wants and needs. Give us, like, let us know why this old couple are traveling where they're traveling to. Get, get, you know, maybe they're going to go see their grandkid for the first time. Oh, all of a sudden, there's a bit of sympathy because they're going to die on this plane. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know that the rich guy, let's uh, say, because the, the rich guy, I guess, is the, the, the kind of the, the normal antagonist in the sense that he's kind of the asshole, but he's not one of the terrorists. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, give us a sense, like maybe make us sympathize with him a little bit before he makes his bad choice to like let the vampires in. Maybe, maybe he says, "Oh, screw my money, just please, please help me." You know, maybe he like finally like says something else before he goes, or maybe he's, I don't know. Uh, like the 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 flight attendant, like she, I felt like could have been a more prominent character. Maybe she's the one who could try and help people. In fact, halfway through the movie, like after a lot of the crisis has happened, because for a lot of the movie, the, the hostages are like just told to like sit with their hands up on the, the chairs and just look down. Mm-hmm. Half Once they start like getting up and moving around because the bad guys are about to parish it off. And the only reason why they don't is because they realize that someone's sneaking about and killed one of their guys. Um, like 
all of a sudden there's a guy who's like, oh, by the way, I, I'm from the military. I'm like a... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, th- so this guy in a t-shirt and shorts starts taking charge. I'm like, who are you? Why were you not introduced to me <laughs> earlier in the film? And also, why are you barefoot? He was barefoot. I, and I, really, I hate when people are barefoot on a plane. This is not your living room. This is a plane. <laughs> but I do get it's a transatlantic flight. You know, they're probably going to sleep on it, but... yeah. I, because because and this he's not a a, a like an air marshal though because they make a point. I mean I do appreciate this at the start of the film when the terrorists are taking over the plane the the people they kill are actually that there's like three like marshals on board or something like that mm-hmm. uh, which seems a lot to me but I don't know if that's just because other movies have gotten it wrong because I don't I don't know how many marshals they put on a plane if it's even normal mm-hmm. to do that I, I I don't know but they, they they say there's three people on board that are there for security reasons so you know they kill them first. So, and I'm enough. not going to Google it because I don't want to be. Put oh, yeah, on yeah, don't Google it. Don't, don't Google I'm it. I'm not Googling how many air mushrooms No, don't Google it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know how accurate or not accurate that is. It doesn't really matter, though. The, the point is is that they set, they set it up and they, they dealt with it. So fair enough. Um, movies, rules, I can live with it. Um, but this guy, because they get one of the one of the bad guys' guns, or it's one of the marshal's guns, which, which is, for the record, is the only guns on the board. It's the three guns they take from these three characters who have been, you know, obviously licensed to come on board with the weapons. Uh, but they, you know, so he eventually gets this gun, and he starts, like, you know, taking charge, and going, like, I'm in the military, I'll keep you all safe, and he starts, and it's not like, it doesn't spend a lot of time with them. Like, you know, we still focus on the other characters that we spent more time with more. It's just that all of a sudden, he starts acting like he is the guy in most movies who would be the lead character. Mm-hmm. And then just, we kind of forget about him. And he, he dies, like, in the, you know, when they're all dying, basically. It, it pretty much. He gets bit. Whatever. Move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of it. I, I don't know. It's so weird. It's all of a sudden, I'm like, why weren't you trying to help before, you prick? yeah all of of a sudden now that the bad guys are away now you feel brave now you're like no i'm going to take charge now um yeah one one thing you never want to hear on a plane is this someone coming back into the other the passenger section and going hey just no no big deal but does anyone know how to fly a plane yeah (laughs) no big deal just the fact that everyone didn't freak out in that one moment (laughs) that question being asked is interesting uh I've played a lot of Flight Simulator. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. It, yeah. It, it's just it's it's things like that. It's just, there's a lot of elements that I think don't quite add up. But to, uh, yeah, to get to the yeah. So there's a couple of set piece moments where she's like hiding under because there's a car in the cargo hold and she's hiding under the car. Um. I kind of like that because she try she basically tries to kill the asshole vampire the psychopath. Uh, mm-hmm. because he, he he ends up in the car, he's locked himself in there, and, sh- and she shoots at him with the gun. And the, the car's bulletproof, seemingly, or at least mm-hmm. close to it, but it does make one little hole in the windshield, so she pours in booze and then sets it on fire, so he burns. Yeah, I I like that that uh, uh, that sequence of her facing off with him. And I wondered if, you know how they designed her makeup to look quite a bit like Count Orlock from mm-hmm. um, Nosferatu. When he was able to get out of the car... I thought he looked a lot like the vampires from Near Dark, and I don't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, uh, may have been. I mean, I, I I think I get the idea that obviously because he's burned as well as being vampire, mm-hmm. he has this distinct look. So, which is good because it makes the villain look distinct from the hero, right? We can mm-hmm. tell them apart easily at a glance, which is nice. Um, but even I felt like that should have felt like a big deal. Like she's this is the first time she's ever. Well, technically, she fought a vampire when she was human still, but. Mm-hmm. 
this is the first time she's ever went mano a mano with a vampire, right? As a vampire. And the first time she's letting her full strength unleash because she's at full strength, she's drank some blood, and she's there to protect her kid. And you, you, you basically get to do the whole Ripley saves Newt thing, but with a vampire. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting. I thought she should have been ten times stronger than him, though. Like in... But, you know, this has its own vampire lore. But in other vampire lore, usually the older vampires are stronger mm. than a baby vampire. So I felt like she should have been stronger than him. Uh, but she has been weak for a long time. So maybe mm-hmm. she's stronger because she drank blood, but she's not at full strength yet. And it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter so much. But it's a sh- I, I, again, talking about this makes me mad that the movie's not better than it is because I'm like, yeah, do, do Ripley saving Newt, but Ripley's actually also an alien. That's basically what mm-hmm. this is. It's, it's the vampire fighting off the other vampires to save her kid. And that, that could be so much more fun than I think it is in the movie, which is a shame. Mm. Uh, but to wrap up the, uh, the, the the plot, as it were, so when the kid gets to the thing, he gets in danger, the, the mum does get to him. Uh, it's the, Sunlight is ris- risen by this point, so sunlight is risen. The sun has risen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, he blows open the, the door uh, and the cargo hold and the bad vampire, you know, he, he gets thrown out, he's sort of dangling on to some of the cargo net for a bit and then he, you know, eventually, that's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they're safe in this part of daylight. Um, this is where uh, Farid to at one point, by the way, does get his hand chopped off. He he got he got bit mm-hmm. in the hand, so then she so n- our main so now character is zombie logic that we yes <laughs> that's when they use zombie logic. Cut off his hand, he won't become a vampire. I don't know how. I guess in this movie's vampire lore that works, but that's more zombie logic. That's not vampire logic. That's true. Although to be fair, I I prefer the vampire lore that tends to not just you don't just become a vampire because you got a bit. You become a vampire because the vampire chooses to also give you some of their blood back. You know, mm-hmm. you, they actually have to sire you. Whereas whereas here it is treated more like a, a zombie bite. Where oh that's mm-hmm. just you. You're it, unless they completely kill you, maybe where they just completely like drain you and maybe that in that case you just die. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so this is where, you know, he, he basically gets spoken over the comms, how to land the plane with his one hand, right? So Farid's got one hand and he's landing the plane. Uh, they assume he's a terrorist. They try and arrest them. Um, I thought it was impressive. They managed to like tie his hands together, even though he has only one hand. Yeah. I was thinking that I was like, did they just put him in handcuffs, even though he has one hand? <laughs> Can he just like slide right out? <laughs> I was looking for this when they eventually let him free. You can actually see that it's more of a zip tie that they actually, on one side of it is just on his stump. They've just sort of tightened it really, you know, secure. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that still feels like he could just sort of shimmy out of that if he really, mm-hmm. if he really tried, you know. You the know. other, the other glaring mistake that they made in this movie is having people fire guns repeatedly inside of a gun, uh, of an airplane, which is a, a compressed. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been disastrous if you actually were at a certain altitude and you kept firing guns in the airplane. Yeah, I, to be fair, I think that's why they're so mad. at Because when the psychotic guy kills, or, you know, mm-hmm. seemingly kills our main vampire lady, like, all the other terrorists are really mad at him. And I think maybe that's part of the reason. It's not just that he killed a passenger. It's like, why are you firing a gun for no reason? Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, this is stupid. Like, they don't say it out loud. They just kind of, they're just kind of really mad at him and tell him not to F up again. But... Maybe that's part of it, is they're like, hey, if we can avoid firing a gun whilst we're, you know, up in the plane, that might mm-hmm. be good. There's a, re- there's a reason why we stabbed everyone else, okay? There's yeah. a reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so the, the, the kid 
basically when they're trying to take him to the hospital he he escapes it turns out he had the the phone which is the remote for the explosives in his little teddy bear mm. and he presses that uh and at this point his mum is like went full monster and is ready to like charge at him and so he he blows up the plane and that kills all the vampires uh and we and we end there you know he hugs him and he's going to take care of him now with his one hand and that's the end of blood red sky um i really wanted to like this movie i love the premise and i think there's so much potential in the premise i think it's just far too middling and lukewarm and just kind of it's a lot of half measures it doesn't really explore any of the, the cool ideas that it has enough to really love it but I can see what it's trying to do, and that's what makes it frustrating. That's what that's what makes it not just a like it's not a terrible movie. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's a well enough like shot movie. You know, I don't think it's a great looking movie, but it, it looks all right. Like it's not it's not. I've seen better. I've seen much better movies, but I've, I've definitely seen worse movies as well. Uh, but it's just there's so much potential in this premise, and it just feels like instead of getting something that was a really cool gem, it's just kind of like, eh, it was okay, it was watchable. But it was kind of dull in places and <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, it's pretty much a bad movie, but I enjoy bad movies, <laughs> so I, I had I had fun watching this bad movie. I want I want a sequel to this bad movie, but I want the first sequel to be on a train, and then and then the <laughs> third, the third on a cruise ship. So blood tracks and blood. <laughs> See blood Bl- sea, yeah. maybe. <laughs> blood red sea, yeah, blood red yeah. sea. That, that'll work. Yeah, I could see it working. Just oh, you only have to let, get one vampire loose. Yes. Or maybe, maybe it didn't work cutting Farid's hand off, and he becomes a vampire. Yeah, maybe it just takes longer. Maybe he becomes a vampire after a couple of months. Maybe they're, maybe they're on a mm-hmm. trip somewhere. They're going back to Germany on a ship. Mm-hmm. Not that you can sail to Germany, but still. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I mean, I, I, I can enjoy a bad movie. I just like it needs to be more entertaining bad mm-hmm. and i think there's too much of this it's just a little bit too dull and plodding for my my taste which is a shame which is a shame um i i, I it's, honestly i think one of the worst things to come out of the streaming era is that so many things that are made for for vod and streaming the uh, tv shows especially they just don't respect pacing they don't respect your mm-hmm. time they just they don't care because it doesn't matter how long it is it's on a streaming service you you know everyone can mm-hmm. just watch whenever they want so I, I really feel this lacks a lazical approach to editing and tightening things up, which I just don't think enough movies do anymore. Yeah, and when you mentioned shows, it reminded me of there was a show on Amazon Prime. I can't recall the name of it, but it starred Julia Roberts, and it was like a mystery thriller. She's trying; she's you, lost her memory. Oh, 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 oh. You better not insult Homecoming. Homecoming is fantastic. That was the slowest show. It was no. slower than Molasses. No, no. That show was <laughs> phenomenal. Was- those episodes were like 25 minutes long. That they show... Felt like, they felt like an hour. <laughs> that show, season one of that show by Sam Esmail, who also did Mr. Robot, which is one of the best mm-hmm. TV shows of all time, is phenomenally directed. I love that show. I will fight you on this. What you think of season two with, with Janelle uh, Monet? Season two... Like, it had the perfect ending. Season two was just kind of redundant. It, just, it felt like they were mm-hmm. trying to stretch it out, and it just kind of... I don't know, it wasn't as good. I didn't like season two that much. I... Uh, I was completely invested after the first episode of season one. I was like, oh, this is a great premise. This is a great show. But it took so long to get to the ending. <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 I disagree with this example. This is a horrible... I, 
me and Carl reviewed all season. Well, actually, we reviewed season two as well. But season one, we reviewed, and we were praising the shit out of that. <laughs> it's beautifully shot, though. I will say that that is a beautiful looking TV oh, show. Yes, yes, yes Julie yes. Roberts did a great job. Everyone acting. Oh, the gentleman that played the detective. He was on. Um... Oh gosh. Oh, he's been in a bunch well, of I stuff. I can't remember that. It... For some reason, today, I cannot. No, no, no. I was thinking of the show on HBO with the, the mafia in the 1930s. No, no, that's the, that's Boardwalk that, Empire. That's the, actor, Empire. that's the actor's name. Shea Wiggum's the actor. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He was in Kong Skull Island. He was in... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an Agent Carter. He was in yeah, Splinter. He's, he's great in everything. Yeah, he's he, really good. He pops up all over the place. He's, he's all, Yeah, he's always a good character actor. He's, he's, he's a good mm-hmm. time. Um, no, I really like Homecoming. I can't believe you tried to insult that. How dare you? Um... <laughs> How dare you? No accounting for taste, I say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is this the part where I add that I do have ADHD, so maybe that's part of it? <laughs> that, oh. that, that my that my attention deficit just was working overtime to try to get through. I did finish the series though. How, I didn't but, give up on it. How did you get through how did you get through this then? <laughs> <laughs> because because vampires. Because <laughs> vampires biting people. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the movie? Um, do I have anything else in my notes? That's why I'm looking over to uh. the the side. I my notes literally say Elias was so annoying. <laughs> 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 I said this is the first horror movie to make me hate a kid, <laughs> but his unruliness what? saved him in a lot of other people's lives. How have you made it this far without? I hate tons of kids in horror movies. <laughs> tons of them. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another horror movie where I hated the kid. I can't think of one. Oh, there's tons of terrible kids in horror movies. Now, I did say that last week in the um, A Quiet Place that the son was annoying, but I didn't hate him. I just thought he did some boneheaded things, but I yeah. didn't hate him. Have you, have you seen the Ring movies? The, the, especially the Ring 2, the American Ring 2. The kid in that is terrible. I hate him. Hmm. I'm trying to remember. I remember seeing the first uh, Ring movie. And I, I liked him when he when she said, "Oh, I set her free," and he was like, "Why did you do that?" But I don't remember the sequel. I have to go back and watch the sequels. I haven't seen them since they um, first came out in the theaters. I don't I've rec- never revisited the American Ring movies. I don't remember. I don't recommend. I don't even like the first one that much. The first one is pales in comparison to the original. But uh, oh yeah, Ringu is just that is that one. And I dare I say, Juwan, I enjoy Juwan better than Ringu. And I, that may be an unpopular opinion, but. No, I, I know people. I know Tim. Tim feels that way. I think because Tim loves uh, Joe on the Grudge. He, mm-hmm. he he loves that movie. Um. All right. Well, we'll kill it. We're getting off track here because uh, we're mm-hmm. we're a bit done with what we've got to say about uh, Blood Red Sky. Um, two hours, which is far too long. It takes itself too seriously. Or if it what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it takes itself too seriously. And... Yeah, I agree. Shave off thirty minutes, and you got a much tighter film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are you giving Blood Red Sky? I'll give it a five. That's what I was going to give it. I felt like you were going to be more positive because you you said you liked it at the start. Well, it's it's not a good movie. I'm just saying that uh, I personally okay, like okay. bad movies. <laughs> like I have some of my favorite movies. I might only give it two point five because they're that bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 you know, I opened this by saying I, I think, or I didn't open by this, but I, I said lukewarm. I said middling, and I think mm-hmm. a five out of ten. Nothing represents middling better than a five yes. out of ten. So, uh, five out of ten for me. It's that's not the worst thing you're going to watch. Maybe you'll connect with it more than I did, but I found the characters to be extremely 
dull and uh, I didn't connect with any of them. So that, that, that is what it is. That's Blood Red Sky. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Let us know what you thought of Blood Red Sky in the comments below. And let us know what you thought of the movie if you've seen it. Uh, please do like and subscribe. Ding the bell for notifications. Mm-hmm. It's very important on YouTube to do that. Of course, you can rate the podcast, the audio version, uh, if you listen to us on the uh, Streams After Midnight feed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, you can, of course, support us financially, though, over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. That $1 will get you a bonus episode every month of the show. Plus, you get uh, other stuff, you know, $5 tier. You get early access and there's other things as well. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in any of that. And more importantly, just help keep all the content coming. Uh, of course, uh, one of our higher tiers, yeah, you become a producer. So I will thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palaces, David Short, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, that is our Patreon producers for the month of August. So thank you all. Uh, Shasha, would you like to promote your channel? Yes, definitely check me out at What Did I Just Watch? Um, coming up in August, I will be trying to get through a whole lot of requested reviews. I have a backlog of about 15 requested reviews, so uh, try to watch on Wednesdays for me to drop request reviews, which I just review whatever you guys ask me to review. Cool. So there you go. Um, that's pretty much the show. That's Sacred Hockey Mask. Um, is this episode five? This is the fifth one. Look at that. Five episodes already. Mm-hmm. Time flies. Uh, so... Yeah, look out uh, for next week's episode, of course. Um, and then also look out if you're a patron. In fact, by the time this goes up, it may already be up, uh, the bonus episode. Uh, uh, or if you're a member on Mail Fuzz Movies on YouTube, uh, you'll get the access to the bonus episode that way as well. Uh, so either way, look for that first episode. And uh, so thank you very much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. And if you see someone wearing the sacred mask, Remember that a hockey season ended months ago.